Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by Oz American Aces. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Trelaw, and obviously, my uh, great friend, best mate on the other end, Josh Dunkley. This is our ninth episode now, mate. Uh, how are you going, firstly, and how do you think we're going? Uh, g'day, mate. Thank you for the introduction. I think we're actually we're doing all right. We're um, chasing up a few sponsors, but uh, uh, looking forward to, obviously, another episode, and um, yeah, it's been great, I suppose, the the journey so far. Obviously, it's it's actually good for us because we get to talk to each other for an hour, you know, once a week, definitely, um, which is awesome. So I enjoy that part of it, mate. Yeah, speaking of sponsors, we might have had a couple uh, send in a couple messages uh, for those signed boots. You never know. We'll have to wait and see to later on in the episode. But um, that's it. No, nah, you're uh, you're spot on. It's um, I love I obviously love doing this, and we obviously talk about us being ourselves and you know showing showing our vulnerability. So. Um, Thoroughly enjoying it, but we've got a huge week, a huge episode that we've uh, we've got planned. Um, you know, we've continued the streak of uh, of obviously you know winning at the same weeks, but um, you know, I guess we'll just start with you before we st- obviously uh, move on to what happened to me on the weekend. But um, you uh, you obviously played on Friday night, and uh, you know, for what I believe, and I haven't even told you this yet, and we've spoken several times, um, you know, post the game. I feel like it's the best game I've seen you play um, in Bulldogs colours and uh, in Brisbane Lions colours. So um, I feel like it was a complete game uh, for you. I know uh, you're a pretty pretty uh, harsh critic on yourself sometimes. Um, firstly, congratulations, but love to know how you felt and uh, you know how you felt you went during the game as well. Yeah, it was. it's obviously a um, big moment for us or a big night for us as a footy club. So to, to go out there and play the way that we did was – uh, obviously, really nice and individually, obviously, yeah, it was a, a pretty um, nice game. Obviously, I had a bit of a role on Paddy Cripps at stoppage, so um, tried to negate his his access and um, we probably looked at their their stuff a little bit and their first possession stuff and he's a big focal point um, for him. So, try to take that away and managed to do that and, yeah, was lucky to get on the end of a few um, myself and obviously the the pressure side of my game that I pride myself on, mate, you know, that was uh, was very high and uh, I just wanted to play my role for the team as much as I could and I did get a bit of a lick of the ice cream, which was nice, but still uh, didn't manage to hit the scoreboard. So there's plenty to plenty to work on, mate. As you know, I'm, I'm always in that growth mindset of uh, never being satisfied and, yeah, always looking to improve. So for me, yeah, probably the finishing off stuff um, wasn't great on the night. So I look forward to hopefully doing that this week and, working through that process. Yeah, well, you're clearly underselling how well you played. Um, as I said, you're the best game I've seen you play. You've well and truly sewn in probably the three, two, and the one, so you might get six votes from the one <laughs> game. But um, did you know that – I obviously know that you probably wouldn't have known, but um, they're actually calling it the quadruple double where there's only <laughs> been seven players prior to you. You're the eighth player that has, yeah, had a quadruple double where it's more than obviously 10, point, uh, 10 kicks – 10 handballs, 10 marks, and 10 tackles. And you've done all that, obviously, in the in the one game. Um, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I, I saw I saw um, Bredo, our producer, sent this through. I think it was a post-game, and I saw it. And, I, yeah, I looked at the list, and I was like, oh, there's a few good names on that list. So it's a... <laughs> It's a bit of a uh, bit of an honour to be a part of that club, mate. There's only yeah, well, there is. There, well, well, you, you mentioned the list. There's Scott Thompson, Joel Selwood, um, Brent Stanton, Ben McGlynn, Tom Rockliffe, Corey Enright, Carl Amon. Some really good players there, or ex-players and current mm. players, and now you add yourself to that list. So, again, don't undersell yourself. Nah, I'm not underselling myself. I just always look at the scope. You know, I always look at the things that, you know, you could have done better throughout a game, and I feel like my impact could have been a lot higher or like I had an impactful game, but it could have been a lot better. Um, I was actually chatting to Moz, Dale Morris. He, I spoke about him last week on the pod. He's probably lucky to get two shout-outs <laughs> on here. But um, yeah, I was speaking to him and he said, yeah, you had plenty of opportunities that you, I know that you would have been really angry about that you didn't take up. So those opportunities are what I was talking about. So yeah, obviously a, a nice game individually, but it was great to get the win as a footy club because it sets us up uh, you know, for this weekend and moving forward too. Always trying to get better. I love it. That's what makes you you. But also, you mentioned um, no goals. I know you had two shots on goal. Obviously, one of them you just missed. I thought that snap went in. I was obviously watching from my hotel in Canberra, and I thought it was a goal. And then the second one was a bit of a long shot. But 
can we can we get something here? I um I uh we're all now or now all the fans, I know all our fans listening to the potty and everyone <laughs> out there who supports us wants you to kick a goal for the Brisbane Lions. Can we yeah. can we premeditate a celebration on the potty? Let's premeditate one. You've got to do something. Yeah. Well, what what do you You've want me to do? do? I'll do I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh. What do you what do you think? Your your celebration's oh. the old double fist like this. Yeah. Yeah, well maybe, maybe maybe mine can be something for the podcast like um maybe I try and just like make an A or something. <laughs> I was going to say that. Maybe A because it can mean Oz American Aces and it can mean ads. All right, the 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 Aces like this. <laughs> Could you imagine that down by 10 goals? Not that you'd ever be down, but down by 10 <laughs> goals and you celebrate with an A, that'd be freaking hilarious. Yeah, oh, well, well, we've heard it here. We've heard it here. When you do kick a goal, we need a – the expectation is you're going to chuck up the A sign. All right. All right. I'll do it. Hopefully this Done. week. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about your game, mate. Obviously, um, went to Canberra. It was bloody freezing, wasn't it? Was it th- freezing cold? Uh, it was – Colder as the game got going, um, and I yeah. reckon by the by the end of the second, it was really cold. And then coming out at halftime, yeah, it was very cold. Yeah, because I was I was checking the weather forecast because obviously knowing that you were playing there, and I was watching on on the phone because I was actually at Tipper's game um, in Sydney. But yeah, it looks freezing. But obviously, um, a good win for you boys. You yourself, I want to talk to you about a little bit about your injury and um, how you were going because you were dominating up until then and. You know, everything was looking good for, I think your your whole team, and obviously you you're part of that midfield, is a is a massive thing too. So to have um, that, let's talk about the first half, and then go into the second half, and and talk about you know how you're feeling, and and I suppose we'll go into you know your weekly routine and what it looks like from here. Yeah, no, obviously, firstly, happy that we obviously won. We um, you know, we 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 always talk about on the potty, we don't take anyone lightly, which we don't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Giants have had two great wins prior to playing us and obviously knocked off Sydney the week before in, in a great way that they did. Um, I think, yeah, I think right before the game, Toby Green was a, was a massive out for them and we'd scouted all week to obviously come up against him and he's, you know, openly spoken about how he's one of the premier players in the competition. So that obviously helped us, didn't help them. Um, you know, we thought we thought, thought it was going to be a bit of an arm wrestle throughout the throughout the game, especially when the rain started to come. They're a very good contested ball side team. And, um, you know, their midfield has been really up and about recently. Tom Green is, you know, having an incredible season. And I've heard people talk about him being, you know, the next Bonson Pally. And, um, you know, and I can see the comparison. He's um, he's an absolute gun. And, and, yeah, he was really good on the weekend. And the Cogsy and Josh Kelly, these guys. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of an arm wrestle up until half time, And then the fact that we were able to, um, you know, we, we scored really well in that third. I feel like we defended really well and we, we gave ourselves a good opportunity. A little bit disappointed that we allowed them back into the game, um, you know, towards the end of the third. And then in that last quarter, they came with a flurry and, you know, got within eight points and a shot on goal to put them, um, you know, within a, within a kick to put them in front. But then obviously credit to our boys who, who stuck in there and, um, you know, we were able to kick a couple more goals and we had a couple big moments by Bonson, and Naughty and um, Chiefy down back and, and Timmy English, again, had a, an awesome game. So very pumped we got the win. Um, you know, that was hard to watch, you know, that last quarter and, and the last five minutes, firstly because I was absolutely freezing sitting on the bench. I didn't um, go and grab a jacket to warm myself up until later and, and then knowing that I couldn't do anything to help the boys because they were piling up some goals. So at the end of the day, just extremely happy um, that we won the game and, and now we've put in a really good month of footy. Um, so I'll get the boring bit out because I know you probably don't really <laughs> want to hear that. So, um, yeah, it was, I was extremely frustrated when I uh, when I knew that I'd hurt my hammy. I um, you know, Bevo spoke earlier throughout the week when they touched on, um, you know, my season and, and obviously missed round two with hammy tightness. But, yeah, it's just been a bit of an ongoing battle, not my hammies but just my body in general. Um, you know, obviously being a little bit old, older and being around a little bit longer, um, clearly I've uh, been prone to soft tissue injuries the last couple of years and, you know, I do everything possible to make sure I put myself in a good position to get up and play every week and, and perform and, um, you know, this week was no different. Um, you know, there's so many factors that play into, uh, you know, doing your hammy, whether it's, you know, sore back or the surface of the ground, you know, the fact that it was wet. 
um, quick, sharp movement. So, um, in terms of that, it's it's yeah, it was very disappointing that you know I knew that um, you know when I took off and and changed direction, I kind of knew that uh, that was about to happen because I could feel it coming. And um, yeah, there's so many things that play in your mind. You think back to you know I wish I just kicked the ball rather than trying to take you know, the game on and um, you always question yourself and second guess yourself. But then, you know, then I think, you know, if, you, if you're second guessing yourself anyway, you probably shouldn't be out there. So, um, yeah, I like to think things always happen for a reason. And, um, you know, I stay pretty optimistic and positive and, um, you know, as, you know, as with um, the medical staff and, um, and Beva have spoken about, I think it, you know, hopefully will only be a couple of weeks that I miss and I, and I can put myself, um, you know, in, in, into the frame to play in a few weeks' time. I'll do all that I can to do that. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, it is very frustrating that I feel like I was putting some really good footy together and um, I always seem to hurt myself. You know, throughout my career, I look back, I always seem to hurt myself when I'm actually playing some really good footy and consistent footy, which is frustrating. But hopefully um, hopefully this isn't too long and I can get out there sooner rather than later. I was just going to say, you know, talk about frustration, but you see, you know, every time you get injured, Everyone's on top of you. The media is on top of you. Like how, how frustrated and how do you feel about some of those comments? Because you know, I, I know I don't want to wind you up or anything, but I just want to. I just want people to know what it's like from your perspective and um, how you feel about it. Because I know how I feel about it. When I see that stuff, it's just like, man, Ads does everything possible for his mm. body, and he's not running out there. It's not a common thing. Like, yes, you, yeah. you look back across your career, you've played a lot of games of football. Mate, you've had an incredible career to date and it's not as though you're slowing down. So, like, I just want to hear your perspective a little bit. Yeah, no, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Um, no, you, you're, you're right. It is frustrating. Like, I get frustrated when the common talk is about, um, you know, uh, my, my, you know, there's comments where it'll be like the worrying signs, you know, for the rest of Adam's career or whatever it may be when, you know, I, I've played 220 games of footy. I've... I've been around for, you know, this is my 11th season. Um, I definitely don't feel like I'm slowing down. As I touched on, I felt like I was playing, you know, this has, to start this year off has been right up there as um, some of the best footy that I've played. Um, I feel like I've been able to change roles multiple times in the last three years, you know, at, at the footy club and um, being able to have an impact on the game. So, and, and the biggest strength, my biggest strengths as a football player um, is my speed and, um, you know, my ability to get in and out of traffic. And, you know, I don't feel like that at all is slowing down. And I feel like, if anything, I was getting better and I felt a lot more relaxed, um, you know, when I had ball in hand and was making good decisions. So in terms of that, my confidence is no issue at all. But it's, you know, I know that um, people or media will say that, you know, I'm 30. Uh, I've done, you know, two, two to three hammies in the last – you know, a couple of years that have put me out for a couple of weeks, you know, rather than the, um, you know, rather than just the one game here and there. So I can see, I can see why they say that. Um, but yeah, as much as I want to um, fire up and, and get annoyed about it, I just know that I've been around way too long enough to let it fire me up because I know, and as you just said, as you just said, Joshy, you know how much hard work I put into my body. Um, you know, my first, five, six years in the AFL was spent doing all the touch, extra weights, you know, doing as much as I can on legs and everything that I can to probably where it was a detriment to my body because I was just putting so much strain on my body to then getting to an age where I only really started to learn, you know, really when I probably when I met you two two years ago where I thought, you know, I've, I've got to stop thinking I've got to do more, more, more in terms of touch and um, extra kicking and whatever it may be because – as you're getting older, you got to be able to manage your body better and look after your body better. So I invested so much time into, you know, buying a sauna for home, um, getting a hot and cold plunge pool at home, uh, you know, spending heaps of money on a gym at home, having recovery boots, having everything that I can. So now I'm in a, you know, I'm in a, a strict uh, regime where I get home and I follow the same thing every single day. And it's no coincidence that I still put myself in a position to go out there and still have you know, speed, still be able to break the line, still be able to do stuff that I was doing five, six years ago. I'm not doing what I was doing in terms of, you know, doing extra touch and all this kicking and whatnot, but I'm spending all this time looking after my body, if you know what I mean. And I know you know what I mean because yeah. you're the exact same. So, 
Um, I think about that in that regard, and um, you know, I look at it as a a good opportunity for me now to you know, if if I'm away for two weeks not playing, I'm going to have a good opportunity to reset, look after other niggles that are in my body, um, you know, put myself in a good frame of mind. And get get back and you know and perform and and have an expectation to perform and play the way that I was playing prior to getting injured. So, um, yeah, it's a nice little challenge for me. But um, yeah, I um I'll be doing everything I can to uh, yeah, to make sure I get up and about in the next couple of weeks. Mm, no doubt you will be, mate. I know that. I know a lot of people would know that. But um, so what does it look like now for you? You know, just I know you don't want to talk about it too much, but how does your your week look? Obviously, you're away from the main group. You're in rehab. Um, mm. just give people a little insight into what your program's like now that you're, you know, not in that main group. Yeah. Well, you know, nowadays with hammy injuries, I know back in the day when, um, you know, when people used to do their hamstrings, it was literally, you'd literally just, the physios would say, don't run for three weeks. And then mm. literally within three weeks, you just start training. No, yeah. you know, there's no hamstring sliders and Nordics and, um, hamstring curls and all this extra stuff you do. Um, you know, so we had a running session today, which is three days post game, and you know I was striding today, doing some running and, and trying to get the blood flow and and whatnot. So, um, you know, literally I'll just be building up, you know, my running in the next couple of weeks to try and get to a point where I'm pain free and um, symptom free, and and I test fine, and and that'll be the goal. And um, you know, I know my uh, I know my body pretty well, so um, you know, this time around I want to try and spend as much time as I can with the team and, um, you know, whether it's working with the midfielders or, um, you know, whatever it may be that they need me, I want to be able to work in, in some way capacity where I'm helping the guys obviously go and watch the boys play. We've got Carlton this week. So, um, I'll be down there in the rooms against Carlton, um, and trying to do as much as I can to help the guys um, and support them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, maybe if the question came the way, I'll sit in the coach's (laughs) box, but, um, (laughs) I've heard there's always a few colorful words getting spoken when, <laughs> when, uh, when there's um, when you're sitting in the box, so I'm not sure if I'm ready to hear that yet. I might wait a couple of years, but um, but no, I'll I'll be doing all that I can to um, you know, watch the guys and support them and, and put myself in a good position to play. Speaking of coaching, is that something that you would look to do post career? I know you you actually jokingly sent me a text the other day saying you might coach the the uh, Tassie Devils as we're going to yeah. touch on next. But what I do said, you what do you what think? Did I say I said I'll I'll coach a new captain. Yeah, <laughs> quite funny. Imagine but, that. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon? Do you reckon I could coach in some capacity? I reckon you could coach. I reckon you you see the game well enough, mate. You're you're. Uh, I reckon you're students of the game, as some would say. Um, and the way you see things, and the way you can, you know, gather groups of people and just get everyone to enjoy your company is pretty special. Yeah. So, oh, I appreciate yeah, you that. could you could be a coach. Jeez, you're pumping me up this podcast. I'm actually really enjoying this. You must have seen. You must have seen that I've had a long day. For uh, you know, we're we're starting nah, well, this podcast unusually late for us because it's been a busy day for me. And um, yeah, you've yeah, really well, put a pep in my step. I just wanted to uh, get you up and about, mate, because you know it's uh, injuries are tough, and as we all know, um, you know sometimes it's it's harder than what you you know you can show people, and it's nice to be able to talk to you about. It. And it's good. I appreciate the um, honesty too. I feel like everyone will appreciate the honesty of, you know, how you're actually tracking at the moment and, uh, you know, what, what it looks like moving forward. But we will move on because we don't want to talk about that stuff all the time. No, um, no, no. Tassie Devils, like the name? Well, I wasn't really surprised that it was that because that's what it's been in the tack up. And no, not the tack. It was in the VFL all those years ago. It was the Tassie Devils. So yep. I kind of thought that was just going to be the name anyway. Yeah, I I would say the same thing. There was a lot of mate. There was so many names being thrown around. We were talking about it at the club today, like Tazzy Trouts. <laughs> wow. Tazzy Trouts. No, I I I actually haven't had any thought on it because I literally just thought straight away it's going to be the Tazzy Devils because that's what it's um, you know, that's how it's been for well when they were playing all those years ago. What about the colours? It's the green and yellow, right? And there's a bit of brown in there. Yeah, but that's that's the old school Tassie Devils. So um, do they change the colours? No, I guess I'd, I'm going to say no because that's just how I know the Tasmanian you know, football. That's just what I've always associated those colours with. So I'm going to say no. And I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that they're probably not going to change it either. I don't think they will. I think they'll keep yeah. the OG kind well, of set up well, for sure. Well, if they're keeping the Tassie Devils, 
you're not going to change the color because that's what everyone, you know, associates it with. So what does your old man think? That's a question I want to ask because obviously you said your old man. I reckon, uh, I reckon if you were to ask Panda, he would have said he's probably the greatest player to ever play in the Tassie League. What, um, <laughs> what's his thoughts on hey, uh, the Tassie hey. team? Speaking of Panda, um, BT didn't know who he was on the weekend, so he was a bit I flat about that. that. I see that. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, so he copped a few messages that night. Straight away, everyone was into him. Um, that was but what would funny. he think? Oh, I haven't actually asked him about it. I haven't asked mm. him about it because he well, played for I, um, yeah. North Orney. Well, I would have thought that he'd be a massive fan of it. That's why, hence why I probably asked. But you obviously know a few Tassie guys, so it's pretty cool that it's actually happening. I thought it was going to happen yeah. – I actually, I try to think back to when the Giants and the Gold Coast were obviously uh, became founded. I'm trying to remember when they were announced, and then actually, how many years later they were in the league. I could swear it was only a couple of years because I remember it was around the time I was trying to get drafted. I feel like five years is. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Yeah. Well, so did five I. Five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, twenty twenty eight. Yeah. Five years. Five years. Yep. It is. It is a long time, but I can see why they've done it because I feel like. Uh, you know, it take with the Giants and with the Gold Coast Suns, they were probably rushed into doing all this stuff really quickly. Yeah. And yep. you know, they didn't have their list management team, they didn't have their coaching team all set. Whereas now, I think they've got the time to really lay the foundations. You know, build the facility, do all that kind of stuff. That when it time when the time comes for that year, like they'll be just ready to go. And you know, you know what's I think is going to be really interesting too is I reckon. Players from other teams will know that they're going to Tassie in 2028 and it will be announced like NRL style. Yeah, well, probably that's probably a good call because probably that's another five years down the track and we seem to yeah. want to change things yearly. So that wouldn't surprise me. How would you feel if, say, in 2028, Will Ashcroft, obviously, absolute star and will be a star, comes out of contract, not have no idea when he is, and he tells you in 2027. That is, this is his last year at Brisbane. I'm going to play, and then head to Tasmania the following year. But knowing you, he's playing. Like, how would you feel? How would you react to that? I think, to be honest, I think that that's fine. Like, it's a brand new club. Like, I wouldn't see that any differently to what I would say. You know, if someone was getting asking for a trade at the end of the season. Whereas, yeah. I feel like with the NRL stuff, how they tell each other, you know, early that year that they're going to go to a competitive team that's you know, up there, I feel like that's a little bit different. But yeah, to be honest, if you're moving to a new team that's never existed before, well, I think that's great because you're helping out. It's almost like you're helping out that that football club. What do you think? Oh, well, I agree. I don't. Yeah, I feel. I feel like the fact that you did say that if it was, you know, say he was moving from Brisbane to go, oh, Collingwood or something down in Melbourne or a big club, it'd be a little bit strange for our sport because we're not used to it but no i do agree yeah. i agree that it would be you know it'd be there, there would be a bit of like oh that's a bit weird that you're playing you know you're playing but you're knowing you're not going to be here like so when we have um you know aflpa meetings or talking about the future of you know our the three-year plan for the footy club you're not going to be a part of it so it's yeah it is a bit it, it is it is a bit uh a bit strange in that regard but yeah wouldn't surprise me if it, it, it is actually a thing when when um, the team start well the players start to get announced. What about this uh, this next one? Tommy's trying to set us up here, I reckon, for a oh, bit of a, he has he has a media feel. He's gone. Let's play a game. Would you rather? <laughs> you can read it out if you want, mate. You can read it out. Oh, well, the game is. <laughs> would you rather watch North v Saints on TV or watch Paint Dry? <laughs> the thing is, my answer is I actually didn't watch any of the game, so. All I seen was there was a uh, there was a low score at the end of the game. It was like combined for, the, I think the third or fourth lowest score ever as a total at um, at Marvel Stadium. So yeah. I can't really answer that question. What about you? Yeah, oh, I can't say I watched the game either. I did see the scores and I was thinking, geez, I'd probably you know I'd probably rather watch the Collingwood play uh, play the Sydney Swans at the MCG um, on the Sunday Arvo, but. Mm. Yeah, it's a. I feel like it's a bit of the um, Saints tactic at the moment is to just defend teams until they, you know, they can't score and then they obviously break them. And mm. they've been able to do that over the first few weeks of the season and it's working for them. So 
I guess if you're looking for wins and losses, wins are obviously what you're after and they're obviously getting it. So you can't really uh, argue with that much, can you? Well, you know, if you were, you know, part of the footy club and you're winning games, do you really care how you're winning them? Probably not. Nope. <laughs> well, I know Ross Lyon probably wouldn't care and none of the Saints boys would. So um, that's just another tick for them to get the win. So to answer your question, Tommy, I'm sorry you wanted to get some clickbait, but there's no clickbait here, mate. We're uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're um we're supporting the players. What about one of your teammates, Joshy? I seen um I seen this thing that Channel Seven Instagram um put up and their Facebook page. They put up um you know Charlie Cameron. We we talk about uh Charlie Kerno and you know Jeremy Cameron, but in the last five games, Charlie Cameron's actually kicked the most goals in the AFL. He's in some red hot form at the moment. He is, mate. He's flying. Um. You could probably tell that if you walked into our footy club because he's up and about. <laughs> he's uh, he's the focal point for everyone at the moment. He's he's flying, mate. He's he's just a he's a great bloke. Which you just you know one of those guys that's just infectious. When you're around him, like you just can't. If you're in a bad mood or you're coming into the club and you're not feeling so great, like you walk in, you see him, and you just straight away you're up and about, and it's just great. I feel like it's good because he's he's playing good footy, but he's also putting in the work at, at the club. So. Um, setting a great example for a lot of the younger players and even us older players, you know, it's just been great to see him continue on the form that he's had throughout the, you know, the first few games as well. I thought he played some good footy and a lot of it's coming off the back of his pressure too, which is obviously something that we uh, we thrive for. So uh, really happy for him. But as I said, he's a, he's a very up and about character at the moment. It's funny because we're talking about, obviously earlier in, in, in the show, we're talking about my speed and not losing my speed. Talk about speed. This guy, unbelievable. If you give him an inch, he'll take that and and then some. He's just, yeah, he does he does he practice or like body work and then getting out, or is he just, yeah, is he just naturally like that? I haven't I haven't seen him practice a lot of his speed stuff. Like we do speed sessions at the club, but yeah, like this the freaky stuff that he does on a weekend, I feel like is just natural skill. It's just unbelievable. Mm. He does a lot of weights. Like, he's actually very strong. Like, if you went on him in a one-on-one, you'd be surprised how strong he is. And I reckon, you know, you see that when he gets in a one-on-one contest, you know, deep inside 50 or whatever. Like, he can break away with speed, but the strength at first to actually win that contest or halve the contest is very impressive. And sometimes I get into him because he's just doing buys and tries in the gym, but he's actually one of the strongest probably at the club. So... It's yeah. uh, it's incredible, incredible to see. Well, well, it definitely does look like he just does buys and tries. He's got a great set of arms on him, great set of pipes. <laughs> I think the only one in the AFL that can rival that is probably Scotty Pendlebury. He's got a great set of pipes as well. But um, I was just looking at the you know the list where it says the the last five rounds, the top six goal kickers. Charlie Cameron's obviously first, but the other five are all big key forwards, which makes it even more impressive that. He's not even close to their height and weight, but yet he's leading the league in the last five rounds in the AFL in, in goal kicking, which just makes it even more impressive. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's unbelievable. Look at the look at that list there. What is it? Charlie Cameron, 23. Jeremy Cameron, 22. Charlie Kerno, 21. Hawkins, 20. Oscar Allen, 15. Taylor Walker, 15. So that's a pretty, mm. pretty good list of players to be uh, up there and obviously leading. Do you have a nickname for him? Like, surely there's a nickname for him. I, I don't want to just call him Charlie. Chuck. Chuck. So, Chuck, do, does... Is he one of those players where, like for me, obviously, in in years to come, I will say that I was able to play with, obviously, Bont and Pendles and these guys, Toby Green. Is he one of those players you chuck in that when you retire, you'll be able to say you played with Charlie Cameron? Yeah, I think so. I reckon he's – I saw another thing on the weekend. He's uh, he's up there with the most consecutive games played. So touch wood. I've seen that. But he's, yep. he's, uh, he's very durable too, so – yeah, hopefully he's up there with uh, in that statistic as well. But I reckon he's definitely going to be one of the ones that you look back and you're like, wow, I play with Charlie Cameron. Mm, you'd love to have one of those in your team. Um, absolute star. Mm. What about a couple other funny things before we you know, preview the games on the weekend? Your games you'll be playing. I'll be watching from the stands. Do you see Jai Simkin? This is something I did see in the North and St. Kilda game. Did you see his <laughs> misconduct fine for throwing, ripping the GPS out and throwing it? Yeah. I don't know how it gets done for misconduct. Like. I saw I saw the action, I saw him do it, and the, the vision's pretty bad. <laughs> but it's I don't even know how you think to do that, to be honest. Oh, I, know. I even... feel well, I feel like he must have surely he just grabbed went to grab his jumper and then realized it was the GPS bit and then just oh, I'll see you later. 
just piffed it. Like it wasn't just a <laughs> chuck on the ground. He, he's just piffed it across. <laughs> my, my, my shoulder would pop out if I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. It's funny that uh, that now that's considered misconduct. But well, there you go. Would you have fought the fight if it was oh, you? Yeah, probably. I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth a fine, is it? It's just. Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what's what's probably worse? Throwing a GPS unit or someone's boot coming off and throwing the boot? Mm, I would probably say oh, none of them. I wouldn't find any of them. <laughs> oh, well, what's worse out it. of that? I feel like throwing yeah. a boot would be worse. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. More dangerous. Yeah, I'd say so too. But, but a GPS is quite hard, I guess. you could. It's like a little missile. I mean, you know how they have the Telstra tracker? Do they? Is that track? Is that on, is that tracked by... <laughs> The GPS is that the club GPS giving the details, or how does yeah, the AFL? Yeah. Okay, so okay. his high speed would have been pretty high that game. You would think. <laughs> Was there anything else that uh, you know may have surprised you, or anything else you want to talk in terms of the round, in terms of other teams? I just want to talk about. I know it's probably it's a talking point. I just don't understand some of the the situations that are happening now when guys are you know it's accident accidentally hitting someone in the head with a mm. spoil or it's so hard. Like I feel like mm. it's so harsh these days and, you know, Van Royen got two weeks for his hit um, and it's it's not even an action where he's trying to come back and hit him in the head. Like I don't yeah. really understand yep. that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a hard one because clearly the AFL is clearly making a stand in wanting to protect the player and the player's head. Um that that I understand. Like I I get it. I get that any contact to the head or any, I guess, dangerous action or movement to the opposition player, they're gonna you know clearly clearly find you or worse suspend you. Um, I get it, but it is yeah, it's hard. I mean, you look back, you know, it's funny because I watch. I always tell you, I, I series link or series record games in the off season. That are played, they might be, you know, games of the 2000s, 2010s. I go back and watch some of those games, even in 2010s. And there's, yeah, there's plays where nowadays you'd be getting five, six weeks for it. So it is hard. I mean, the the Bradley Close one where I think he um, got suspended or got a one week, um, well, suspension initially, that one, yeah, that one was a bit hard because it's kind of like, what's he meant to do? Like, there's not much you can do there. I felt like, you know, the tackle looked good. Obviously, the the player, I'm not sure. I might have been Jordan Dawson got tackled. I'm not sure who it was. But I can see why they want to look after the player getting tackled. And I get it. I totally get it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's going to be so hard to to uh, umpire or see going forward because there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's so much uncertainty at the moment. Mm. And even... Um- Rioli's one on Ridley. Like, yeah, he was going back to block, and his his arms just lifted. He's accidentally got him in the eye. Yeah, and like he's gone off with concussion. So because he's gone off with concussion, uh, that's the only reason he sent. He sent straight to the tribunal. Mate, like, that's, that's insane, the uh, man. Yep, that's the uh, as I said, the AFL clearly cracked down on on players getting hit to the head, and like you can understand it though, right? You get it. You get why it's I get happening. it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It just I just feel like it's yeah. It's it's so stiff for those players yeah. that are you know if it's especially if it's an accident and mm. you know we're taught to go back with the flight and do as much as you can to make a contest or yeah. block for an opponent, a, a teammate to um, get someone out, like things like that. And then all of a sudden now we're just missing games of football because imagine someone missing out on you know a Brownlow medal. If yeah, they did something like that. Like I don't, yep. I don't think that's right. So I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I. Now that you've said that, you know, it being an accident, like you can see clearly, in my opinion, watching um, the Van Royen one, I feel like clearly that he's in. There was no intention to hurt. Um, was it Ballard? Mm-hmm. It was Charlie Ballard, wasn't it? It was no intention yeah. at all, from what I seen, that he wanted to hurt him. So in terms of that, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I totally get it. Speaking of of Brownlow, I seen this thing get suggested the other day. I want to know what you think. Do you feel like, uh, depending on the on the incident, so say someone's just turned around and clocked someone and knocked him out, 
you know, that's fair. Suspended for however long, you can't win the brown line. But say it is like, you know, an incident like Bradley Close's tackle on the weekend. He misses one week or however long he missed. Do you feel like the there was a thing raised where shouldn't be stripped of the brown low anymore? It should be maybe you get minus a vote. Maybe you lose a vote or two votes. It gets stripped of you if you're on. Say you're on three votes up until that point, you get suspended, you lose two votes. In the NRL, I know that if you get suspended, you get minus votes. It's not a, you know, you can't, in, ineligible, you just get minus votes. So what do you think? What would your thought be? Well, this is the thing. Like, I feel like we could just, every year we go on and we talk about new things that come up and we're changing the <laughs> yeah. rules. Like, if, you, if we go and change this, then you've got to go back through the whole entire history of the Brownlow medal and go through all the votes because there'd be some players that would win it that were ineligible. Or mm-hmm. yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I just don't. Just, oh, I just wish they. Yeah, I wish we'd leave the game alone and just appreciate it for what it is. To be honest, yeah, true, true. I did see. I seen it getting floated and saying, suggesting that it should only, depending on the severity, it should just be maybe a minus vote, or you should still be eligible. So it's an interesting one. No doubt it'll probably be considered in years to come because anything that gets spoken about in in the media and in the spotlight, something always seems to happen. Yeah, it, it does. It ha- it's a big thing. I reckon if the commentators are straight onto the incident, then you're gone. You might as well pack your bags. To be honest, like I just feel like the yeah the way that they perceive it straight away, it's like, oh, is he in trouble there? And then someone will yeah. say, yep, <laughs> yep, totally agree. What about one other thing before we preview the game? Your game. Kudos to you because you said last week on the potty that um you reckon Sydney's going to probably come after Nick Dacos. And you're right. They came after him. I told you, mate. I told you. I knew exactly that John Longmire, I know what he's like. Uh, I know him personally and as a coach, obviously. Um, and I just knew. I just had a feeling that they would send someone to – and Ryan Clark was the one too. He came in. They actually picked him to do that role. Mm. So it was – a yeah, it was – I mean, the first 10 minutes of that game, did you see how many fines were out of that melee at yeah, the start I, there? Yeah, I did. I did. I seen there was quite there was a few. about 10 fines. It was about fifteen k of fines oh, in that. It in was, that uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. What I tell you, what I do love is, is I love when uh, players um, fly the flag, and I've got to give him a shout out. There's none better than Braden Maynard. He's someone you want in your Brazzy. team. <laughs> Brazzy, he's just right up there as one of the greatest teammates I've had. He always just flies the flag, no matter what. He always sticks up for his teammates, and um, yeah, kudos to uh, to Brazzy. But yeah, you're right. You you were spot on. Do you reckon it's something that opposition teams will do going forward? Did it work? Probably. Well, probably they, not. I think teams probably care more about the result rather than how the player goes. So is, yeah. did it work? I'd probably say no because obviously Collingwood still ended up winning. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I feel like they were on top for most of the game. There was a period there, I think, through the second or the third quarter that Sydney looked really good and I thought mm. that they probably could have – um, been up by more, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Dacor stuff, I reckon we've talked about it on here a little bit, is you've just got to, it's got to be a team focus for mine. I feel like the the teamwork that you put into him rather than just having one guy, because it can break you apart too in defense and stuff like that, because he does run to a lot of places where um, he's going to get the football. You know how early on in people's careers they can be talked about and there's so much hype about the certain player and then all of a sudden it sort of starts to – it might affect them, you know, mentally, physically, but do you reckon that Dacos can hold his form throughout his entire career? Like is he that type of player? Well, you can only go off what we've seen and mm. I feel I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, I'm Yeah, just going to say yes. I feel like he uh, he seems to take it all in his stride. He's already achieved so much already. I mean – from the outside looking in, he's probably leading the Collingwood best and fairest. He's obviously yep. won an Anzac medal already. He's the favourite for the Brownlow right up there with Bonte. Um, mm. And it's like it's years are going to go down the track and expectations going to be on. It's going to be at a point – it'll probably get to a point where his average game where he gets criticised will be probably as good as 85% of the league, 90% of the league's game. It's probably going to get to a point like that. So 
Yeah, yep. it's it's funny because we seem to bring up obviously Nick Dacos every week, and I hopefully he listens to the potty. I know um I know I spent a couple weeks with him um when I was at Collingwood, and I know he's um got along with him really well. So hopefully he listens to the potty and and the. And the shout-outs, we give him quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I can see him having, obviously, an unbelievable career. And no doubt we'll probably talk about him next week. Well, we'll preview your game then. Talk us through it. Your yeah. game, Don's this week. How are you feeling? It's going to be good. I think um, they've showed some some great form. I think, you know, obviously being up against the Pies by four or five goals at three-quarter time and even on the weekend going over to Adelaide and uh, taking it right up to Port, I think they'll be a – um, we say it every week, but that you can't take any team lightly and obviously playing them at home. But for us, as you know, it's the same approach. Um, looking forward to the challenge. We looked at them a bit today and, um, you know, their work around the stoppages has been very impressive. Centre bounce, especially. I think they're number one in the league for scores from centre bounce. So, going to have to be on our game in there and, and try and stop them from getting that, getting out the front of stoppages um, and, and getting it deep into their forwards. But, yeah, really looking forward to the challenge. Obviously, it's a, another one for us um, where we're looking to take a scalp. And I feel like we, we bring our uh, our energy and our heat and our pressure. It's going to hold us in good stead. But like I said, uh, it's going to be a great game of football. And I think it's Saturday night, same time as you boys. So I won't be able to watch that game. Um, you're not playing though. So um, that's all right. I, I just like to watch you. Archie, yeah, I'll, Archie I'll, sorry. That's me. That's me dog in the background. <laughs> that's all right. Sit down. I am... Um, <laughs> No, I would have thought you probably wouldn't have watched the game. But um, what about your role? Do you feel like, you know, I probably already know the answer because I feel like the reason why you went to Crips a bit is because you match up well against him. Darcy Parrish is obviously the first guy that I think of at the Bombers. Zach Merritt as well, who's obviously a gun as well. But I think Darcy Parrish's form has been really good to the point where you're probably going to have to, you know, whether it's a team team thing or you go to him at stoppage, is, is there something that you you could probably potentially see happening or you just worry you're probably the midfield group as a whole looks after him. Yeah. I mean, probably, probably midfield group as a whole. I don't, um, I haven't been told this week uh, that I'm going <laughs> to anyone, mate. Um, so last week was a little bit earlier in the week and I probably knew by now that I was going to go to Cripper. Probably wouldn't have announced it though on the podcast. But we no, would don't have. do that. Don't um, do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, as we touched on, uh, they've got Parrish and and Merritt and Stringer. I mean, Jackie Stringer's been pretty good for him around the stoppages as well, and Dylan Shield. They've got a lot of mids that go through there, so yeah, it'll be a collective approach, and we'll look to obviously. I like. I don't mind the challenge of going to their best mid at the time in the stoppages. You probably know that we've talked about it. You know, when we've come up against the D's and stuff, that you know we try and line ourselves up on the ones that are that are going well, because it's a great challenge for us individually. So. I like to really work off someone and whether that's Parrish or all the others that we talked about, we'll wait and see. But yeah, as I touched on, I think it'll be more of a group approach this week. Yeah, well that I feel like um I feel like it's gonna be a ripping game. I, I said last week that it's probably gonna be a battle of the midfield against Carlton. I definitely feel like this week it's probably gonna be a battle of the midfield, but I'm just uh I'm hoping and praying that you hit the scoreboard because I um I wanna see that uh that A getting shown and um and yeah, you just kicking a goal for for the footy club would be a really special moment for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I can't wait to uh, hopefully get it this weekend. But let's talk about your game. Obviously, you'll be uh, on the sidelines, but hopefully in the coach's box. I'd love to see you in the coach's box, to be honest. Um, <laughs> talk about you know the challenge with the Blues, obviously rolling off. And you know, you you guys were there in round two after a disappointing loss to the Saints. Um, the media's all over them. You know how would you? Do you reckon the boys are going to take themselves into their camp or take themselves back to how they were feeling in round two and really expecting the Blues to come out with a lot of heat? Oh, well, I feel like that's a that's a given. We we know they're going to come out with heat because um, you know what it's like when you're in Melbourne and there's there's uh, there's always, you know, it seems to be a different club at, at different stages throughout the year depending on how they're going and um, we obviously copped it quite a bit after round two and um, the only thing you do is let your footy do the talking. So, we know Carlton are now in that boat because um, here in Melbourne they're um, getting spoken about and um, getting challenged externally from from media outlets and and all the experts. So, absolute no doubt at all they're going to come out absolutely firing. Um, you know, I know they didn't win on the weekend, but they play Marvel really well. And um, you look at you just got to look at you know some of the players that they have on the on their team and on their list and. 
you give them a chance, they're going to absolutely get a hold of you. And, um, you know, we know we're, it's going to be a huge challenge for us. Um, you know, something that I think we've no, not lacked because we had periods of good footy last year and this year. Um, we've had, you know, times where we've, we won a couple of games and then we really fell off and, and didn't perform well. And, um, you know, we've had two really good wins. And well, I said earlier, we've had a really good month of footy. Um, we've won, I think, five of our last six. We obviously lost the port over there, but that was really close. Um, you know, this is a really, really good opportunity to start building or to keep building momentum against another really good opposition. Um, you know, me personally, I fully expect Carlton to, um, you know, get back to playing how they're playing and what they're capable of and, you know, really com- uh, competing for a top eight spot. Um, so we see that as a, a really, really challenging test for us and a really great opportunity for us to come up against the team that is, I believe, as I said, going to be there come the pointy end of the season. So, um, yeah, it's something that we're really embracing and taking in our stride. Um, we love playing at Marvel. Um, you know, it's something that we, you know, we, we cherish that we get to do. We get to, you know, we, you know the conditions. You know it's going to be a fast track. You know you're going to have to defend really well because teams can score really heavily at Marvel. So, um, yeah, it's I'm extremely excited for the boys. Yes, I wish I was out there playing, but I'm extremely excited to see, you know, how we match up. Um, we're going to have to really play, you know, well in the midfield. You, we we talk about Crips and and um, obviously off the back of last week's game, I know he's going to want to come out and, and really set himself for a big game. So it's a challenge for us to nullify him. You know, Chera, Sam Walsh, these guys that go through there, guys that we're going to have to, you know, be able to nullify and, and hurt the other way. Um, you know, Charlie Kernow and, and Mackay, two great forwards of our competition. So there's, you know, we and historically we've, We've been challenged by them, by their forwards. I know last year, Charlie Kerner got a hold of us. The year before, Charlie Kerner got a hold of us as well and Harry Mackay bobbed up and kicked four or five. So um, I feel like it's a challenge that we're really um, preparing for and something that, yeah, we're going to be really set for and, you know, one that I'll be absolutely restless, you know, sitting there wherever I am. Won't be in the coach's box, I can guarantee that, but sitting there <laughs> restless, wishing I was out there, but, um, you know, fully confident that we'll hopefully get the job done. Does uh does anyone go to Cripper again, like I did last week, or um, not sure? I'm not sure. I I feel like, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like Bonty matches up really well against him, and and knowing Bond, he'll probably want to, you know, probably take that challenge and, you know, go to him because they're obviously the two premier um players in each of the midfield. So maybe, but you know, we we generally take that um you know whole midfield group approach and um. See if someone does get off the chain, then probably go to them. So we're just hoping that you know we can do what we do and and hope that none of them get off the chain and um we can just you know win the game. That'd be nice. So yeah, really um you know really preparing. Um, I think the group's preparing really well for this game and and we're gonna definitely get up for it because we know they're gonna come um and wanna wanna knock us off. Nah, for sure, mate. Looking forward to checking the uh, results of that game after mine because uh, we played exactly the same time. I think. Um, so well, yeah, I guess surely you'll, be, guess the, surely you'll be watching my game. I was going to say, mate, the beauty of uh, <laughs> of uh, being injured, if there's one thing, I can watch my phone and watch you and then obviously watch the boys. So hopefully there's another win-win <laughs> for both of us. But uh, there's no other games you want to preview? You're, we're done with footy for the week? Yep, we're done with footy, mate. Let's move on. Well, it's obviously uh, what we absolutely love talking about, the NBA. Um, where do we begin? We'll start with LeBron and uh, and Steph. Um, well, the Lakers and Golden State. It's funny how we go straight to LeBron and Steph rather than Lakers and Golden State. Um, Franchises. Yep, yep. So, obviously, game four was today, and uh, I was surprised. I, I swear everything I've said on the potty has just been wrong. I need to just stop with all the NBA predictions. Um, I uh, I came out, and I was very sure that Golden State matched up way better against Lakers than what they did against Sacramento, and um, they're currently 3-1 I said down. the opposite. I know you I did. Said the opposite. I know you did. So, did you watch the game today? I watched a bit of the game today. We were at the club um, for most of the day, but I was watching it. Lockie Neal's a uh, a Golden State fan, so he was shattered. Mate, Lonnie Walker in the last quarter just dominated. Yeah, well, he scored fifteen points for the game, and fifteen points came in the last quarter, and he's the first Laker to do that off the bench in a playoff game since Kobe Bryant in nineteen ninety seven. That's a pretty cool, 
pretty cool stat. It's a pretty cool company to be a part of. But I mean, mate, that's why they got Lonnie Walker. He's a he's a scorer. He's just the scorer mm. in this league. You know, when you worry about talk about role players and what you need to do, he just needs to come on and score. And the fact that he did in that last quarter, and and I seen LeBron today post game say something like, "We wouldn't have won if it wasn't for Lonnie," and that's pretty cool coming from the second greatest player of all time. <laughs> the second greatest player. <laughs> I, I love it. I'll always say, it, mate, second greatest player of all time. What does it play out like here? Like from here, oh. sorry. Well, do I really – should I have a suggestion? Because the opposite's going to happen. Yeah, have a suggestion, mate. Yeah, exactly. Well, so just I have still, a suggestion and we'll go with the opposite. <laughs> of, okay. Well, I – no, I'm just not counting out the Warriors. I don't really care what, you, what anyone says. I just – next game's in Golden State. I feel like they'll win that. And then it's back to LA, which will be – yeah, that that will be really hard if they could somehow beat that and go to a game seven. Um, so, yeah, my prediction is Golden State to come back and win. Oh, so, you know, you want to know mine? Well, I already know because you said Lakers last week. So Lakers, yeah, but I'm saying Lakers in seven. Oh, so you reckon so we'll I'm go to seven? Golden State for the next two, win the next one at home, come back to LA, win in LA. And then Lakers in Game Seven take it out. That's my prediction. Well, yeah, you you seem to be right. It's not like I live and breathe NBA and NFL all the time, but that's all right. I seem to get it wrong all the time. <laughs> I mean, I've got LeBron and yeah. Kobe in the background. I got a Russell Westbrook thing, and I got a cupboard full of NBA jerseys, but I get it wrong all the time. That's just me. Well, you just you just been no good in the twenty twenty three playoffs, mate. <laughs> well, that's not true because I predicted Miami, and in the other series when Denver. Um, when Phoenix were down, yeah. obviously, 2-0, I did say Phoenix will come back and win. Not that they've won yet, but it's 2-2. So it is a, it's currently a really good series, and that's the one I'm watching closely because, obviously, KD plays there. How's uh, big Jock Landau? Absolutely flying at the moment. He's doing us, well, doing us proud, isn't he? Yeah. Well, um, who, which commentator is it? I don't know which one it is. One of the big commentators over there was saying in the last quarter, you need to get Aiton off and need to play Jock because he's he's just dominating, absolutely dominating. And he is. You watch him play. He just adds so much versatility. I feel like he defends really well and then, you know, when he gets his opportunity to score and, and get those putbacks and whatnot, he does that really well. So he's been really good. I've watched a few of those games and he's been actually playing that role really well. You talked about Denver and uh, Phoenix. What about what about the MVP race? We talk, we've talked about this last week. We were like, we knew yeah. that it was coming out the day after. What are your thoughts? Oh, I kind of, my gut feel was saying Embiid because it had been spoken about mm. and the voter fatigue in Jokic winning all the time. I felt like they didn't want Jokic to win again and Giannis for that matter. So that doesn't surprise me. Embiid one deserves it, thoroughly deserves it. One of the him or Jokic deserved it. My opinion was Jokic probably should have won. And I know it's a regular season award, but I just look at the postseason, right? Embiid's been good, but James Harden right now has been Philly's most important player and their best player. Obviously, Embiid didn't play game one and um, Harden carried them to the win. And then Harden, two days ago, hits the game winner, drops 42, beats them, takes it to a game five, series is 2-2. So that series um, could, could go either way. I, I My gut is saying Celtics, but if Harden keeps playing the way he's playing, I can't see them losing. Who do you think wins that? I've got uh, Celtics 4-2 in that series. Yeah, they win the next two. But I think the 76ers have been very good. And mm. as you touched on, James Harden, mate, it's just flying. Like, I feel like he's he's picked up his game a lot during the playoffs. And, yeah, you know, yep. we talked about Jimmy Butler. I reckon he's sort of been waiting for that moment and he's sort of trying to be the Off. man now too, which is – Hey, did you Try. actually see – did you see um, Harden buy a Rolex for yes. MV? Yes. That was yep, so The MV- cool. MVP was Rolex. And did you that see Harden sick. invite that um, fan onto the court and – Took him to a game. I think he had a, a um, he had an unfortunate accent over in thing, and he, yeah, he uh, he got invited and uh, unreal, incredible for someone to do that of that, um, you know how big Harden is as a person and whatnot. That is incredible mm. to see that. Um, so kudos to him. But no, before we move on from the MVP, that's what I was saying. So my point is, you take um, 
and beat out of that team. Philly still get the job done because Harden got it. Not saying they win in seven, but Harden still got him a game. Jokic, on the other hand, he's the only re- – like Jamal Murray's playing well, Michael Porter Jr., you know, Aaron Gordon, but he's their only reason why they are anywhere where they are. He He's that good. In my opinion, yep. he is the MVP of the league, easily. How's KD saying? He puts up shots and he just looks like it's missing, but it just goes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say today to someone today, he's the most – Unathletic, unmobile, you know, yeah. looks looks unfit. You know, he's not yeah. the biggest and strongest. Well, look look wise, but he's just incredible. Yeah. So in terms of the MVP, wasn't surprised that Embiid won, but my pick would have been Jokic. So you're staying with the Suns for that series. Uh, how many games? Game seven? Does it go to? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think seven. Yeah. Yep. I got Nuggets four two. Oh, wow. So they'd have to win in Denver and then back to Phoenix. So that's a big one. I just think the way KD and Devin Booker are scoring, I mean, if you've really watched this series, it's almost like every game is an all-star game because the offense is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like they are hitting shots that is just you do not see. And it's an all-star game with – all defense level defenders. It's just unbelievable. It's a great series to watch at the moment, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Hoping KD and, and the Suns get up. And you think the Heat uh, get over the Knicks in the end? Well, yeah, they go three one up today. Jimmy Butler's just doing his thing, which is just incredible. And yeah, I um I can't see them losing from there. What about um right. what about the Boomers um squad got released today? I saw that. I saw that. It's actually it's a it's a legit squad, isn't it? Looks good. Oh. If we don't, um, you know, if we don't uh, finish top three or medal or whatever it is, I will be that surprised because the players that we have, you know, we we were able to bronze at um, at the was the Olympic Games where we bronzed mm. recently in that yeah. couple of years ago with the team that we had then. We pretty much have a lot of the same players, but obviously different players. But you chuck in. Um, you know, Josh Green, who wasn't playing, you chuck in Josh Giddy, who is one of the best young players in the league, Dante Exum, chuck him into the lineup. Um, that guy that guy that you love, I remember you told me about him one time, Pinder. I can't say his first name, but you told me about him one time. How good he knew he Pinder. And, uh, yeah. Yes. He's there. You've got Jack White, your mate Jack White, who's obviously NBA caliber player, Matisse Thibel, Jock Landau, Thon Maker, who's still more than capable. But there's one name Daddy. that's obviously not there. Who we talk about? Ben Simmons. What's I have, I have heard, I have heard the coach come out and say that he thinks that he'll be there. But I don't understand how he's not in this squad. Like, how is he not in this squad if he's going to be there? Um, I don't know. I just feel like, like honestly, the way he obviously had been playing prior to that, he probably there's probably players that you you just probably would choose ahead. <laughs> Maybe it's a nice True. way in saying. Nice way in saying that we're just not picking him because those players are probably better to pick. If you get Ben Simmons back to the way that he was and you chuck him into that lineup, I mean, oh, that is, yeah, that is top three worthy. Top three worthy. Mm. Um, ah, well, we'll move on now to the uh, the big one, the signed boots competition, mate. Yes. So obviously, we talked about it last week and thanks to everyone that's uh, put their comments in. We've had a flick through and, and read all of them, um, some great, some great ones that uh, actually got sent in. Some some funny ones too that were we had a bit of a laugh at. To be honest, it was uh, there's a few on there. That, there's a few on there I didn't really like. To be honest, actually, um, <laughs> but that was it was good. It was a great great process, and obviously gave gave it a shout out on Friday night footy as well. So um, that was pretty cool. Thanks to Abby Holmes, we should mention her because she. Uh, she looked after me before I went on. I was like, Abby, can you ask me about the podcast? Because I want to, uh, I want to pump up our boots competition. And she, and she did. So thanks. to And, her. Our, and, but, and um, our little group chat that we have was going nuts because uh, we absolutely loved it. <laughs> I did see that when I got my phone after the game, but no. So we'll, without uh, further ado, I will, I will announce mine. So I've got my one here. You've got yours, Adzi. I do. You start um, us off. I'll start us off. So I've got Archie Allen. I'll read out the uh, the comment. He's gone, lads, in the time of adversity came fortune. Seeing your friendship blossom while the off-field dramas were at an all-time high with COVID, 
was a beacon of light for the competition and my personal well-being. I personally fell in love with your banter and chemistry and you guys are a joy to listen to each week. Great footballers, better people, keep at it and bigger things will come with a line emoji. So that was mine. Thoughts on that, mate? You like that one? Loved it. I actually seen it and it was something that I considered until I see the line emoji. So I uh, <laughs> I moved on. But no, I um, I feel like that is uh, very nice. As you said, the comments that um, I read um, and you obviously read, very nice. I'm glad that people enjoy listening to us talk rubbish and um, think that we know everything about footy and, and NBA and, and just sport in general. So very happy. What about before I mention mine, what boots do you have? And give us a bit of an insight on the boots. I've got these ones. They're the red oh. Tiempos. You can see there. Hang on. If I get it in the middle. So these ones I actually wore at the Doggies plenty last year. Um, yep. I wore them a lot of times at Marvel Stadium. There's a lot of pictures probably that you could find. I think against Hawthorne and the likes. Um, so I just had them in the cupboard, mate, and I just thought I'd get them out and uh, they're probably one of the last pairs of boots that I wore for the Bulldogs. So um, there you go. But it's uh, still signed by me. And obviously, Brisbane Lions play now. So a Lions fan hopefully gets those boots, which is great. Oh, well done, mate. I'm sure um, I'm sure they'll be uh, cherished. Um, my one. So I have uh, – I went through obviously all the comments and there were some very nice ones, as I said. Really focused in on the Bulldogs ones, obviously, because they're the ones who wanted my boots. Um and I came came uh, to the conclusion that I I chose at Jacob Langham six two nine two, and he has said, "I love how in today's world where hyper masculinity is championed, you've got two best mates, kings of their craft, sports people who are able to be vulnerable, honest, and affectionate to one another. In Aussie society where blokes feel the need to pot each other and bring one another down, you two champion each other and are one." another's big supporters you're creating a safe space for younger men to learn that mates don't need to bring each other down and embrace tall poppy syndrome but rather lift each other up keep doing the good work boys love the potty with a uh, doggy emoji so jacob langham 6292 uh you're the one i've chosen um the boots i've got are the tiempos as well the pink ones um i wore these quite a bit they're um there's some of me. Oh, off. these were one right up there as my favourite um, coloured boots. I mentioned mm. to you earlier in the well in a potty the white and green tick. They were my favourite boots, but these were right up there. So um, the last time I wore these was actually in the elimination final last year. Um, I, I actually changed boots throughout the game, but in I think the first quarter I wore them, and it was actually Dunks's last game as a Western Bulldogs player as well. So <laughs> there's a um, there's a bit of uh, added uh, specialness to it. So, um, yeah, congratulations, uh, Jacob. Thanks for sending the comments. Um, all the winners will be contacted by the Osmerican Aces YouTube account. So, you know, from there, obviously, the, the details you'll find out. But congratulations to our winners and thanks for uh, sending in um, all your comments. It's greatly appreciated. Yep. Well said, mate. It's, uh, it's a great thing and we're going to look to do it a lot across the year. So, Keep an eye out and keep listening to the podcast because uh, there'll be many competitions that we're going to look to run and, you know, we want to get all our fans involved and and thank you for all your support too. So thank you again. Uh, as Adzi said, they'll, uh, yeah, the Oz American Aces YouTube account will, I think Tommy's going to comment on the uh, comment back to you because we don't want scammers or anything getting into involved here. So uh, make sure you... <laughs> Uh, make sure that it's that it's us reaching out to you, um, and then Adzi and I will personally send them out. Um, we might write a little letter and and thank you for your support to the winners. So congratulations to those winners. Um, I think that's it, mate. Before we conclude, I um, this is, we were going to do this at the end, but I want to do it now. I just want to give a shout out to all the mothers out there. Um, obviously Mother's Day coming up. I'm uh, going to shout out to my mum, Darlene. Love you very, very much. I know you listen to our potty all the time. Um, she obviously loves you too, Joshy. And uh, yep. yeah, hope you have a terrific day. I um also going to wish Kimmy happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, you know how much I love you. Georgie loves you. So hope you guys have a terrific day. Yeah, well said, mate. And obviously to my mum, Lisa, she'll probably be listening. She probably actually more likely to watch it, to be honest. Um, I love that. Getting her on the YouTube channel, mate. <laughs> uh, so happy Mother's Day, Lisey. Um, love you lots. And, you know, we're, 
always thinking of you from afar. So hope you have a great day. And um, it's actually going to be the day after Tipper and Lara and Kimmy all play against each other, mate. So mm. looking forward to that result. We might have to talk about that next week. But um, Yeah, we, we will talk yeah, we'll, about that. But uh, it's been good, mate. It's been good. Another another episode. So that, thanks, everyone, for listening again to the Ads and Dunks podcast, um, proudly brought to you by Oz American Aces. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to all our channels, um, social media, everything. Because um, when it, you know, if you want to be the first to find out about anything that happens on the Ads and Dunks podcast, you got to do that. Uh, otherwise, you won't. So, thanks again. We look forward to seeing you all next week for another episode. <laughs>